let's lift our hands. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God, that we surrender. We surrender to your will, your way, and Lord, we thank you. Come on, can you feel the sweet presence of God in this place, in homes, in lives, in hearts, in prison cells right now? Lord, in Jesus' name, we surrender to who you are. And Lord, we thank you, God, Lord, that you have a great work in store for us. A great work in store for us. I want you to stay standing as I read this scripture into your heart. It's a short scripture in Luke chapter 9. It says this, Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power. Everybody say power. Power. And authority. Everybody say authority. Authority. Over all demons and to cure diseases. This is before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. What can you do now having the spirit of the creator of heaven and earth? So he said he sent them to preach the kingdom of God, which means that the kingdom of God is is no longer here, right, or over there. Now it's with us. And so he says, go preach the kingdom of God. Let them know I'm with them. He says, preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. And he said to them, take nothing for your journey, neither staffs nor bag nor bread nor, nor money, and do not have two tunics apiece. Whatever house you enter, stay there. And from there, depart. And whoever will not receive you, shake it off. Somebody say, shake it off. Shake, it off. shake off the very dust from your feet as a testimony against them. So, that, uh, so they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Holy Spirit, we know you are in this place. We know you've got a great work to do. We know that you're here to do a work in our hearts, in our lives, in our minds. And we thank you that we just get to be a part of it. We get to say yes and get in the flow of it. And Lord, I thank you, God, Lord, that you're going to do a phenomenal work today. And, and I want you, congregation, if you can, if you're at home or here, I want you to stretch your hands towards me. And I just want you to pray for me. Holy Spirit, help me to flow with you. Help me to hear you, speak your words, do your will, and not mine. And I pray that I would be nimble of mind and flexible of spirit to accomplish the assignment for which you have me here on. And I thank you, Lord, that that assignment will be accomplished today. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody shouted a good amen. Let's give God some praise. Turn to your neighbor, tell him you look so good, and go ahead and grab a seat. good to be here this Sunday. We've had awesome like services all day and this week and had a great prayer time. It was so much fun. And I know God's going to do a great work. Hey, little man, what's up, dude? That's my little man right there. He's awesome. Uh, uh, but just God's got a great word for you today, and I'm so excited to share it with you. Got a couple things I do want to share with you to start off the service and get you ready. Uh, but I want to greet some very special people. Omar talked about our first time guests, but I also want to greet all three of our prisons that are tuning in today. Can we give a hand for our prisons? Come on, show some love, guys. Right? We could clap good, a good clap. We love you guys. So thankful. And then, of course, uh, George McGuire tuning in uh, today. One of our wonderful men of this house. Uh, who else? Leah, Leah and Tyler Johnston tuning in today. And just, uh, oh, oh, and then 
uh, Alex and Annie Brown, uh, wonderful, tuning in from Phoenix, and they have their they have their newborn little baby. He's just a few weeks old. His name is Oliver, and Oliver, I know you're listening. This is your favorite uncle. I'm Uncle Landon, and I'm the best. Now, I love you guys. So thankful you could tune in today. Uh, I want to share with you, we, today we're starting our 21 days of prayer and fasting. If you've never fasted before and you're new to this church, guess what? You're not out of it. And you get to, you get to fast and pray too. And this may be your first time, so I'm going to help you. You may have a fast that you like to do. Uh, the original fast, if you want to go way back, it's just water all day, all night. Uh, and then it's nothing. You don't really encounter or engage with anybody. Uh, married couples, there's no married time. Amen. And so they like, I'm not asking that fast, but I am saying to go according to what the Holy Spirit tells you to. But you could do that. You could do the Daniel fast. You could do a sun up to sundown fast and not eat during the day and only eat a small meal at night. There's a lot of things you could do, but this is the three things that I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted us to do during this fast. So if you'll join with me, write these down. Number one, uh, fast something you eat. Fast something you eat. If you don't have something to take notes with, steal one of those nice long cards in front of you. And take one of those church pens, steal that too, and then just thank somebody who tithes at the church later. But write this down and say, I, uh, I want to fast something I eat because we're going to deny the flesh. Okay? And then number two, you're going to fast something you speak. So fast something I eat, fast something I speak. Maybe it's negative talk. Maybe it's a, a, a self-deprecating thought and talk that you do. You look in the mirror and you don't think you're enough. Maybe it's doubtful. Maybe it's pessimism. Uh, whatever that may be, I want you to fast. Pick a, in fact, if, if you have a problem dropping the F-bomb too much, and I'm not talking about the faith, I'm talking about that word that we don't, we're not going to say from here. You can use a lot of biblical cuss words, but don't use that. Just fast something. Whatever the Holy Spirit puts on your heart, just fast. Uh, uh, maybe it's just speaking some good things, some positive things, right? Whatever's praiseworthy and good. And then last but not least, number three, fast something you see. So some of you want to chalk that up as people. Like, oh, great, I don't have to see them. My pastor told me I'm fasting you. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. We're, we're going to fast social media. I've already deleted my accounts. You're going to fast. I'm giving you permission. Somebody's going to praise God right now to fast politics right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. And did you know politics has nothing to do with church and nothing to do with Christianity? But we have, our Christianity has been hijacked to think that this has somehow got something to do with that. And this, if you never voted a day in your life, you are still a son and a daughter of the Most High God. God loves you. And, and if you vote or do not vote, guess what? It has no impact on eternity. Absolutely no impact on eternity. But a lot of people are going to tell you, oh, it's our Christian right to vote. No, 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 no. It's not a Christian thing. That's a world thing. And the government of the world will fail us. But God's government, there will be no end. And he'll always be with us. So I don't, we can, did you know what? You don't even need to know their platform. You don't know, you know what they believe, what they think, what they feel. You just need to pray. And I, if you eliminate their voices and just hear his voice, when you go to that polling booth and I'm going to go vote, I'm just going to say, Holy Spirit, which one? And I'm literally going to, that's how I vote. Because I'm not going to wear that pressure. I'm going to put it back on God. As if I control the weight of the world. No, 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 no. No one man, not any man. It's God who does. And so I just want to free somebody from that pressure right now. Because there's a lot of people who are just misguided from, from all of the stuff that you're being inundated by. So we're doing that. And then we have our 21-day fast that will go to the end of this month. And then we have a devotional that we've written for you. It's uh, this theme is Endeavor with Hope. 
And so I want you to endeavor with hope. Well, if you're lacking hope, right? This is a great book. We wrote it for you. We have actionable items in here, scriptures in here, things that you can write down, take your time on. Make sure you grab one of these at the end of the service. I think we still have a few left. Uh, if we run out, we'll order a whole new batch, okay? So now I want you to go with me to Luke chapter 10 and verse 1. So we read Luke chapter 9. We're going to go to Luke chapter 10. And we ended with the verse that says, uh, and whoever will not receive you when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust off your feet. And I want to talk to you today. What's the difference between dust and destiny? Oh, somebody say, mmm, it's going to be a good one today. Uh, okay. Well, you know, when you hear like certain titles, you're like, that's going to be a good one. I, I, he, I bet he's going to preach like really good. W dust and destiny. I want to talk to you. And as we read Luke chapter 10, I want you to see and help me. I want you to preach with me where you see dust and where you see destiny in there. And we're going to identify these things because Jesus, when he taught this, he said, okay, give me 12. Come here. And I'm going to empower you, bless you. And then now I'm sending you out. He did that in Matthew chapter 10. Write that down. Mark chapter 5 and Luke chapter 9. Okay? He did it in all those. And then he said, all right, 70. So then he gathered the 70, and he said, I'm going to send you guys out, and I'm going to empower you. And so he sends them out. Now, we see dust in all throughout Scripture. In the beginning, God took the dust and formed man. We say, from dust you came to dust you go, Genesis chapter 3. We see in the dust that David lied in the floor when he lost his child. We see in Isaiah 52 that he said, you know what? Uh, I, I want you to shake off the dust and arise and come out of your captivity. you got to shake off the dust. Somebody say, I'm going to shake it off. We're going to shake off this, this dustiness that's gone on us because you're not meant to live in the dust. You may have been formed from dust, but you were made for a destiny. And dust will always try to collect where somebody stands still. So it, we, we got to get some people in motion today. And, and, and we got to see how the Holy Spirit's going to work in us and move us and get to a place where God, we're living in our destiny. So in Luke chapter 10 and verse 1, it says, After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Somebody say destiny. Because he was about to go there, and he wanted to prepare the way. So what he would do is he would say, hey, you know what? I want you, I'm going I'm to send my spirit, and then you're going to get there, prepare the way, and then I'm going to show up there. Well, guess what? Jesus came, died, rose again, poured out his spirit, and covered the whole earth so that when you walk and you show up, he's already gone before you. So everywhere you step when you're walking with the Lord is in a place where he's already been. You ever had a deja vu moment? Come on, sinners. You, liar. It's not a demonic word. It, it, we've had deja vus, right? And we have these deja vu moments. Where we're like, oh, my God, deja vu. And we're thinking it's really cool. And it, it is really cool. You want to know why? It means that the Holy Spirit has gone before you. And he's already been in that moment. And the reason you're having that moment is because he's the one who set that moment up. So that's when you know you're operating in the will of God. You have a lot of deja vu moments. I have them way too much. Sometimes I think I'm just weird. And I keep having them, but I, I keep seeing the Holy Spirit guide me in that process. Because he's sending each and every one of us. Bump your neighbor a little bit and say, he's sending you. He, he's sending you because all of us, what we could do is we could see destiny in here, but we could also see dust because what we could easily do is we could disqualify ourselves. And the Bible says, from dust you came and dust you'll go. But listen, the, the dust of where you came from, the earth represents the nature of man. The, the Bible says that Adam was formed from dust, but with the blood of God, the DNA of God, and the, the, the nature of man. And so it represents 
our human nature to fall and sin and shame. And, and, and sometimes we can disqualify ourselves from our destiny because of the dust that used to be on us. And, and we can say, oh, you know what? I, I'm just not good enough. I, I don't know enough. I don't have enough. I can't, I, I, I'm not, I, do you know where I came from? Do you know what I did this weekend? Do you know how? I, I can't, you can't be asking me. Surely. I, and you're not meant, that'll disqualify you and shelve you. But you're, you're not meant to be an ornament on a shelf. See, Christianity, what's the difference between Christianity and discipleship? Christianity is for decoration. Discipleship is for making. Because I can, I, we can look like, how many know a Christian who looks like a Christian? They just, they look like it. You see them walking around, you're like, they look like a real Jesus freak. And you're like, they're all, but you can tell, but sometimes our Christianity, we, we chalk it up as just for looks and not really for works. But faith without works is dead. And I know I'm not meant to just look the part, but I'm meant to walk the part. How many are ready to see a church start being the part instead of talking the part and start having church instead of dark talking about church and instead of people judging you and looking down on you from their shelf and their dust and say oh you're just not good enough for us i want people who are get i want people who are living in destiny not living in dust and so he says i'm calling you i want you to go i'm empowering you he empowers them and he said to them the harvest truly is great plentiful but the labors are few. Do I have some labors today? Therefore, pray that the Lord of the heart. I want to preach on Lord of the harvest. Haven't preached in all service, but I've been holding back, trying to be obedient. But Lord of the harvest, God is saying there is a harvest. See, I want help me out. Help me. Look in your Bible. Look in your Bible. Show me the date that it says in there in that scripture. Where's the timestamp? I want to know. Did it say only for the book of Acts? Did it say, oh, just back then? Did it say, oh, the harvest is plenty when I when this happens and that happens? Or oh, the harvest is plenty when you're not in a pandemic. The harvest is plenty. No, no. He says the harvest is now. Current tense. Right now, the harvest is plenty. Guys, we're seeing this. I got half of you clapping. The rest of you will get there. But I have the rest, we see God, like I see marriages being restored. I saw somebody walk through those doors a couple weeks ago that they hadn't set foot in this church in over two years because the enemy had tried to disqualify them and say, you're not good enough. You shouldn't go back there. You don't need, and then just kept them away and out of the game. And, but they started coming through, and now we've seen 700 people this year give their life to Jesus and hundreds of people getting baptized and people walking into church saying, I never thought I would be at church again. Come on, elbow your neighbor and say, that was me. <laughs> I was one of them. I was like, going to church will make me a loser. And I'm not going to church. Christians are dorky and weird. That is not what I'm, I want to be. If I have to preach and I have to look like that preacher, I will not do it. I wanted to look cool, man. I wanted to come up here. Like, it is not even cold in here and I'm wearing this jacket. I, I, I want to I, I have fun when I preach. I want to feel good when I preach and teach and lead. Because God is trying, the enemy's always going to find a way to get you to shelve yourself. Because if he can't shelve you, but he can get you to shelve you, then he's won. But you got to be able to say, I'm not meant to collect dust, baby. I'm, I'm meant to walk in destiny. Oh, I've got some greatness on me. When I lock in, some of you are looking at me right now. I lock eyes with certain people, and I look at you, and you're like, is he preaching at me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you want to know why? It's because I usually sense something tremendously great about you. 
It's not, I know how to rebuke somebody who's acting crazy, and I'll figure that out. And normally you don't know. Sometimes y'all hear me like, oh, he is after somebody. Like I get after. But normally when I lock in with you, it could be a crowd of thousands. Preach at Covenant Carrollton, 3,000 people. I lock in with people because the Holy Spirit is saying something's on them. Something's on. Don't let them go. I can see it in your eyes. The Holy Spirit will target you and say, I knew something was better. But the enemy told me I was lesser. I knew, I knew I had something good in me, but everybody told me I wasn't worth anything. And, and God is here to tell somebody today, I'm about to dust. Oh, hallelujah. I'm about to take out the dust. See, one of the reasons, see, and there was a couple times that they would do this. And, and when they were entering from going to Gentile territory back into the promised land, holy men would shake off the dust and say, I'm not going, taking uncovenant into covenant. And so they would shake off the old into the promise. And so the other way that they would do that, it was, they would take dust, and I wish I had dust just for fun, but they would throw it. Yeah, yeah. wouldn't that be cool? Yo, it would be funny now. Omar would be like, (laughs) but they would throw it, and you want to know why? To shame somebody. I I need to help somebody. The Holy Spirit's got just an anointed cloth, and he's trying to say, hey, the devil's been throwing dust on you and throwing dust on you and throwing dust on you for a long time. And the reason you can't see the healing in front of you is because all you see is the dust he's put on you. But I'm about to remove the dust and set somebody free today. Oh, man. Come on, third service. This is the best service all day. Like the poet said, get that dirt off your shoulder, Jay-Z. Come on, man. Get it off. Or Taylor Swift, if you're a shake-it-off girl. Get it off you. Whatever you got to do, whatever is your flavor, but shake it off. We are wearing things you were never meant to wear. But the enemy is going to try to trick you and get you to see dirt where he sees destiny. So then it says this. And then he said to them, very truly, I say to you, the harvest is plenty. Labors are few. Therefore, pray and let the Lord of the harvest send out laborers into the harvest field. That's you. He says, go your way. Behold, I send you as lambs among wolves. Everybody say dust. Yes. Now, this is the dust of fear. This is the dust of danger. If he can tell you and convince you it's too dangerous to go outside, it's too dangerous to speak to somebody, it's too, dang- it's too dangerous, Jenny, for me to have people come line the altar and lay hands on, pray for them. It's too dangerous. You don't want to do that. What happens if, if I can get you fearing about what will be, I'll keep you captive and you'll never see what God can do. But God wants to set somebody loose and dust off you a little bit to say, hey, don't fear about tomorrow for tomorrow has its own trouble. I need you to live in faith, but f- opposite, the antithesis of faith, the anti of faith is fear. Just like he said, from fear, uh, from dust you came to dust you'll go. So if it's not fearing about where I came from, the sin that I used to live in, it's fearing about the death, destruction, the what if scenarios, the, the what if fears in my life. If he can get us so worried about that, he'll paralyze your purpose. And pretty soon, you're going to shelve. Did you know that the Great Commission was not put on quarantine? But we have an entire body of Christ around the world saying, well, when they let us back out, we'll start talking about Jesus again. 
But we're, we're, we're sitting here, we're like, oh, well, we'll, we'll wait when. Oh, we'll, but Because if you go out, if you do anything, no, no, no. Click a button. Tag somebody on social media. We got people tagging people, showing, sharing with people. I got people coming to this church and do, tuning into this church that said, I would never look at a church again. But because my friend, but because someone invited me, but because someone asked me, because you got here because a friend, a family member brought you here, because you started being the witness that God called you to be, and you were shaking that dust off. Now you're helping other people, because when you're dusty, you can't help anybody get clean. But when you're dust, you, you're used to, hey, I'm not perfect, but I'm going to keep shedding this off, and I, I'm going to keep dusting myself off and getting clean, and I want to help you too. So if he can't get you with disqualification, he's going to get you with fear. Oh, you don't know enough scripture. You, you don't know enough. Well, let, let me read the next verse before I get there. He says, carry neither money bag, knapsack, sandals, nor greet anyone along the road. So what he's saying is don't take anything with you because then what if he can't stop you with fear and he can't stop you with disqualification? He's going to stop you without having what you think you need. And so he'll, you'll say, oh, we, I hear this all the time. Well, I'll start serving when we have more time. Oh, I'll start talking about Jesus when I, when I know more about the Bible. Oh, I'll start witnessing to my friends when I feel more confident about my faith. Damn the devil and what he's got to say to you because he is going to try to tell you, you got to know more, you got to read more, you got to pray more, but the Bible says that if he has faith the size of a mustard seed, he can move mountains. And by the word of your testimony and the blood of the lamb, hallelujah, you have overcome. But the enemy wants to rob you of your voice because we know it at this church, a quiet believer is a And you cannot remain quiet. God has got a word in you. Even if all you know is, man, I used to be jacked up and I'm still pretty messed up. But I love Jesus and as dysfunctional as I am, he actually loves me. If that's all you said, that's all you need to say. Because it's not by how much, he doesn't say, well, by how many scriptures you can quote and the blood of Jesus. No, no, no. Or how, how, by how often you pray and the blood of Jesus. Or how often you go to church and the blood. He says, by the word of what I have done in your life with my power, we will overcome. Come on, that's a great place to give God 10 seconds of praise. This is the best service all day. And I'm telling you, God's got a word to break something, dust something off the shelf. And, and God is saying, hey, you, you, whoa, 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 whoa. You're not a decorative piece. You're a vessel of war. You're a, you're a vessel of my workmanship. You are clay in the potter's hands. And if all you do is get poured into and sit on a shelf, you will always remain frustrated in your destiny because you're not living in it. So you keep coming to church and you keep getting filled, but you never pour out. So therefore you're wondering why it never works because you don't give what you so freely. That's, I wish I could preach all day, man. This is a huge part of our faith, but I'm telling you from every person who's tuning in and every person in here, guys, right now we have a waiting list. We should go to four and five services because we can only have half the people in here. But I'm here to tell you God is doing an amazing work. And I don't think, I don't think that it's going to come from doing several I think God's about to give us a building. I think God's about to give us a bigger building, a bigger property. 
Because he says, he says, you just do your, when you do what you can, God will do what he must. So if you do what you can, because everybody likes to say, well, I don't know what to do. Do what you can. Do what you can. God will do what he must. So when you step out and you do that, God says, I'll provide for every step. And then every step you take, all of a sudden, it's like provision. The other day, it was two week, three weeks ago, I said, hey, we found a church in Mexico that has a need, and they don't have any power, and the generator's going out, and we're going to bless them with a whole brand new generator. And, and, and my staff is like, where's the money going to come from? I'm like, Jesus, I don't know, man. We're going to figure this out. And so we just said, God's got it. We're going to figure it out. The next Sunday, that pastor comes up from Mexico. He meets me here, and after the third service, we talk, and he says, hey, I got the generator picked out, and I've got another idea. I said, okay, share the generator. So he shares the generator with me. It's $13,000. So I was like, oh, I tried to, you know how, like, when you hear the number, you're always like, yeah, mm -hmm. easy. I've got faith, brother. So I've tried to play it cool. And then he said, and it's another $2,000 just to get it over the border because of taxes. Different subject. So he, so I was like, okay, great. And then he said, but I have another idea. He said, a ways down the road, there's power, main power. And he said, we could bring, if we brought that power to the church, it actually, it would power, give power to the whole town. Let me connect the dots. A church's generosity could bring power to an entire town. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I know it feels like you're ready to, I haven't even said the best part. So then I said, okay, uh, how much is it? He says, 9,500. I said, you know what? Still playing it cool. I'm like, we're going to give 10,000. It always costs more. And I said, I just feel like that number came into my head. We got to do it. And I said, let's do it. So Sunday afternoon, I decided by the Holy Spirit, we're going to give 10,000. He's like, we're praising God, praying and crying together and hugging. He leaves. Monday morning, I get a phone call from my admin team. They said, hey, Pastor Landon, we got somebody who's brand new to this church, and they just started tithing, and their first tithe, their first tithe check was $10,000. Come on. That's a great place to give God praise. Because he says, he says, don't take it with you. Don't take it with you. Don't, you don't need anything. Don't ask. I've got everything. If we provide for, if we wait for what we need and what we think we want and all this stuff until that day, if we keep saying, wait, wait, wait till I get, we'll never be ready and we'll be shelved collecting dust. And God is saying, I'm trying to get you out and get you stepping in faith so I can provide. And every step you take, I provide for you. And then I don't have time to read all of the scripture, but then it goes into and it talks about how he says, and then when you go to a house, speak peace. And if they receive your peace, be welcomed in and stay. Do not go from house to house. Hear me. Do not go. Somebody say destiny. destiny. Your destiny lies with your rootedness. Because when you're rooted, he'll always supply when you're rooted, you'll always be fed. You've heard me preach it before, feed what's feeding you, because if you starve what's feeding you, pretty soon you'll starve too. And you can't starve, you gotta get connected. And you're not meant to jump from house. Well, how would that be if I was like, peace, I'll just preach once a month and I'm gonna go preach at other churches and I'll be around here every once in a while. We wouldn't have the relationship, but we have this symbiotic relationship because you think I bless you, but really you bless me. Cassie, when I see you sitting in that seat, I'm like, oh, Cassie's here. It's gonna be a good day. And when I see Tommy sitting there, I'm like, oh, Tommy's here. Man, we're gonna have a great Holy Ghost hold down. God is here. When I see my friends and my family, that's who you are. And I 
see your face and I connect with your heart, you could be brand new, but I feel what God is doing in you. And it responds to my spirit and I get fed. When I walk out those doors, I know God was here. That's another thing he says. He says, he says, if you go to a house and they reject you, we'll talk about that. Shake the dust off your feet, but let them know that the kingdom of God was still there. So whether you come in here and you feel it or not, God was still here. Whether you came in and you left saved or you still are lost, God was still here. When, when you came in and you left and you didn't get your healing, healing was still here. Deliverance was still here. You know how I can hold my head up and walk out that door? It's not how good I preach because I know Jesus was here. And I can walk out every day and know God did it. God did it. God did it. God was there. God was there. God was there. God, whether I knew it or not, God was there. Is he okay? I see. Sit down, sit down. I got more preaching to do. I'm looking at a little baby. Is he okay? I'm sorry. I'm praying about that little. Oh, he's fine. I'm looking at another one right behind you, a newborn. Or not newborn, but he's itty bitty. Love that little guy. Sorry. I'll talk like this. I can't lie. I'm probably going to get loud again. We have earmuffs. <laughs> but we, we have to understand God will always provide. God will always provide. God will always provide. And he's always showing up. But he says something interesting. He says, but if they reject you, shake the dust off your feet. And the, the, the next place of destiny and dust is this. I can either walk in my destiny knowing that there's more to be found and more to be saved and more to do and more to go. And I, I've got a purpose. Or I can get frozen and collect dust by the rejection of ones I tried to speak to. Of people who I, how many have ever invited somebody to church and they didn't like it? Yeah, go ahead, raise your hand, you sinners. I, I, I've invited people to this church. I'm like, dude, I'm the preacher, man. Come out. And they're like, yeah, it was all right. I'm like, don't you ever come back here again. <laughs> you know, they don't like it. You want to know why? It doesn't resonate with them, whether they reject it for what, a lot of reasons. But if we're living in the rejection, trying to fix the rejection, we'll fight and try to get somebody to love us and accept us when it's never been about that because it wasn't about accepting you. It was about accepting Jesus. It wasn't about following you. It was about following Jesus. And if, they're fo and if you're fighting in that moment to get them to like you, you will collect dust and dust and dust, trying to get people to come back, trying to get people to love, trying to get people to like. Let them go. You got to release them. Release that old pastor. Release that old leader. Release that father who abused you. Release them. Let them go because it's you who's collecting dust. And you got to let rejection go because rejection is the opposite place of your destiny. If I stay in it, I start collecting. But again, just because you were made from dust doesn't mean you were formed for nothing. You were formed for destiny. And God has a destiny over your life. Don't live in that rejection. There are people who don't like my preaching. There are people who don't like my worship. There are people who, who don't like uh, Josh, you know. <sighs> That's mainly where our, our number one problem is, right here. No. <laughs> there are people who don't like our men's ministry. Oh, the guy, Andrizo, freedom. Omar's in the front. Yeah! We have men who love God. And then but people don't like our women's ministry. People don't like our children's ministry because they like to blame something. And if the rejection can at least, then I'm, and they think that it's their, it's, it's their own practicality of figuring things out and it's really their personality and preferences, but it's really, it's just they're rejecting 
what God is trying to do. And if I'll step into a place of peace and say, I release you, I can't live in that. I'm not here to get you to like me. I'm, I'm here to get you to understand that God's got something greater for you. And if you want to live in a place of rejection, that's your choice. But I got more people to reach. There are 70,000 other people in Flagstaff that need to know who Jesus is. There's another millions in Arizona. Come on. We got a world to save. We got a mission to accomplish. We can't constantly live in the place in the doormat of rejection. We've got to leave that threshold and move on to the next house and move on to the next city and move on to the next ministry, the next business, the next thing, the next family, the next marriage to put back together because some people just don't want to be put together. That's why we're doing a fasting and praying. You want to know why? Because it's between you and God. And the difficult place that a lot of people have is being alone with God. They always want something more because being alone with just them and God feels like a dangerous place. I don't know what to do with me and God alone. I feel vulnerable. People will have more kids launch more businesses, keep a busy work schedule and calendar, go from, uh, in the church world, go from conference to conference to conference to conference, you know, revival hoppers, where are my longtime believers? They, 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 they'll just, uh, and it's exhausting to watch them. I'm like, you must be tired. Like, because they don't feel comfortable being alone with God. You have to, we teach our men this on the retreat. Be comfortable being alone with God. And as God leads you, you may feel that rejection, but so didn't he. And you just keep moving. Because with God, you win. With God, you're provided. With God, he's always with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. And, and what you got to do today is you got to start saying, okay, I'm going to dust it off. I'm going to shake off some dust. I, I, I put my calling. Did you know that your calling was never put on quarantine? God never, we, we put it on quarantine. We put, our, we put the mission on, on hold and we put it on lockdown. But God said, well, what are you doing? Because we're all, we're, not only are we afraid, but we're, we're somehow in our subconscious, we're saying tomorrow, soon later but I remember a scripture that says you're not promised tomorrow take care of today how are you living shaking off the dust and stepping into your destiny because your choice today right now is pick a side whether you're going to live on the shelf with dust and collect dust or whether you were just made from dust formed for a destiny and I'm going to walk in my destiny and I'm not going to let the enemy throw dust on me. I'm not going to allow the world to pile dust on me. I'm not going to let myself throw dust on me. I am not going. David, the Bible says that David, when he lost his child, he laid before the Lord. He had torn his clothes and put ash all over him. He laid in the dust, the Bible says, and God whispered to him after he lost his only child and he says, David, you got to get up. Dust yourself off and move forward. I've got light for you. I've got purpose for you. I've got destiny for you. Come on, church. If you've got destiny on you, put your hands together here and online. You could be in a prison cell. You could be wherever you are. Stand to your feet. Let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. Oh, we're not going to collect dust in a chair anymore. We're not going to come church looking pretty anymore. I'm going to get my hair all messed up. Right? 
I'm going to look crazy for Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm going to fix that. I, 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 wanna, I, I need to allow myself to be uncomfortable and, and, and let the dust come off me of sin and shame. Let the dust come off me of fear. Let the dust come off me of rejection and hurt. Let the dust come off me of danger. Oh, I want to step out. And I feel like there's the, the laborers are standing here today. Seeing a harvest that is plenty. But our problem won't be that laborers are few. Our problem will be, hey, we got too many laborers. Not enough people to say. We, we, can we have more people? Can we find another city? That's what we need. We need to get to that point like Paul and Silas and Barnabas and Peter and say, we reached the whole city. What do we do now? Let's go take another one. In the short time span, in the short time span that Paul was alive, short, Paul reached two-thirds of the world. Paul, on foot. When was the last time we witnessed to one person? See, there's a, there's a dusty place in our life that we need to go ahead and allow into the light of his holy hand and let him dust us off. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if this message is spoken to you here and online, all those people tuning in in every state and every city, I want you to raise your hand. Shoot up. Even if you're at home alone on your computer, raise your hand. Here, here too. I want you to raise your hand. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. I'm praying in faith. You've got a hundred other hands with you. Come on, keep them up because the dust is coming off. You keep your hand up and I, yeah, put your hand over your heart too. And I want you to begin to speak and say, dust, you're coming off my heart. You're coming off my mind. You're coming off my life. You're coming off my spirit. Holy Spirit, dust me off. Devil, you cannot throw dust on me anymore. Devil, you cannot speak over me anymore. I am clean and righteous. I am set free in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you, God, that healing is coming. Cleansing is coming. We're going to feel cleaner than we've ever felt before. And we know we're, we're walking in your will and, and we're walking with the Lord because we're seeking it. Seeking you shall find. I believe the word. And Lord, we thank you, God, that you are here in this place. And we're finding you like never before. With every head uh, bowed and eyes closed, I want to give one more altar call, and that is this. For anybody who wants to rededicate or dedicate your life to Jesus. Nobody's looking around. This is the most private, personal decision you'll ever make. And let me just tell you, because it's personal, it will be powerful. And so now that you're making it personal for your heart and your mind and your soul and your future and your eternity, you're about to experience a power from heaven that you've never experienced. And if you want to receive that eternity into your life today and really dedicate your life, make him Lord. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Hear it online. Thank you for the hands going up in this place and online. Thank you. Keep your hand raised. Keep your hand raised. Keep your hand raised. With every hand raised and heart open, I want you to repeat this prayer after me, everybody, under the sound of my voice. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus I, receive I receive you now as my Lord, as my, Lord, as my, Savior, as my Savior, as my Heavenly Father. My Heavenly Father. I'm, forever yours, I'm forever yours, and I am saved, I am saved. in Jesus' name. Everybody shouted a good amen. Amen, amen, amen. Awesome. What an incredible day. Awesome day. I look forward to seeing you at Revival on the weekend. Hopefully you can make it. It's, it's a short three and a half hours, guys. No big deal. 
I'm going to preach Friday, Saturday, and then I'm driving back Saturday night after I preach. So just pray for my travel. And then that I'll be here and preach next Sunday, okay? Invite a friend. Bring somebody. Start spreading the word. People, whether they tune in online or come in person, people need Jesus. And, and, and the Great Commission was never put on quarantine. we got to reach the world. So Tuesday night prayer, Wednesday night service, Friday night, Saturday, we're saturating you. It's the church's job to help give an opportunity for you to saturate. You've been saturated and inundated with all the wrong stuff for so long. It's, can we allow ourselves, can you give yourself permission to be saturated with all the goodness of God? That's what, you, that's what we want and we need. But let's speak this bridge declaration with power and fervor together. Have an incredible week and we'll see you throughout this week and next Sunday. I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. Amen. God bless you. We are so glad that you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision today, whether that was dedicating your life to Christ for the first time or rededicating your life, send us an email at info at wearebridge.church and let us know that you made that spiritual decision. Also, if you are joining us for the first time with our Bridge Church online family, we have a very special gift for you. Email us at info at wearebridge.church to share some information on where we can send that gift. We are so glad that you joined us today and we can't wait to see you soon. That's right, so make sure you stay connected because why? We are so much better together. Bye, Bridge fam. Oh, this is a sound. Drop bones rattling.